Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halib. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me as we talk about your family's finances. I want to get right into it because there's a couple of things happening this weekend, and it's important that you know this because part of your wealth, as you know, is going to make some big changes. I think it's going to, you're either going to become much wealthier in the next few years, or you're going to become poorer. Now, unfortunately, most of you, most of us are going to not see the signs and not see what to do. And and look, frankly, if, if you think I'm going to give you all the answers to wealth, success, happiness, and making your retirement accounts, you know, double in the next five years, uh, it's just not going to happen. But there, But the information is there. So my, go, uh, my, my job is to give you this information, but to give you a goal that you can pursue that's reasonable, that's acceptable, where you don't think you're going to have to run down this road and just try to uh, you know, follow the news sites and, and follow the news, what the next greatest thing is and that what comes in the magazine, right? Everybody thinks the financial magazines. Look, if by the time it comes into a financial magazine, even a newspaper for that matter, and it says, these are the top stocks to buy, for the summer of 2020, look, do you understand that by the time you get the information, it's over. All the easy money is gone. They had to write the, the article after researching it, come up with the conclusion. It had to be edited. It had to go to print. And then you found it at the doctor's office. And when you walk in, it's sitting on the counter and it says, and these are the 10 stocks to buy. Well, that's fine. Maybe so. But the realistic conclusion for most of us is simple. It's it's too late, whatever they say. You look at it and it says, oh, and these are the top things to buy. Well, yeah, last month, you understand you're not going to find the information in the news channels. I mean, let's be clear about this. When news left news under Walter Cronkite and became entertainment, Ted Koppel, right, uh, Jennings, a few others of these guys, Dan Rather, joke, what a clown. He's trying to redeem himself. So his legacy doesn't go down in a joke, and uh, the news channels are trying to, to to give him that credibility. But but here's what happens: Who's the advertiser? Who's the advertiser for NFL? Remember, you saw it. Uh, this uh, playoff game is brought to you by Pfizer. I'm like, are you kidding me? No wonder the NFL doesn't speak bad about uh, getting the vaccines or question them. Right? You, you can still want them. I, I don't care what you do with your body; it's your body. But you can't tell me 
that spending millions of dollars, you know, front-loading bribe slash blackmail, we will if you don't, and if and you put this, <laughs> you put this on the same news channels. Do you really think the news director is going to come in and go, "Hey guys, Pfizer just signed up for another thirteen-week deal. Uh, please make sure everybody gets their double vaccination with a booster on a latte." <laughs> Where is this going to be? Okay? Who who's the fact checker? Does anybody question it? Have you taken a look at newspapers? It's it's about $150,000, depending on the circulation, but usually in the Times, LA, New York, Wall Street Journal, between 100 and, 100 and 150000 for a full-page ad for one day that's going to be uh, you know under the birdcage before the afternoon. And, and that same newspaper that somebody spent $150,000, they understand... With the readership of those newspapers, it's just not that much of an impact, right? I always say, who still, who reads the Times? I, I don't know, right? I think elites do. It's like you think that I think. Okay, let me read with the Times. I'm going to write what you... Most of you are not getting your news from the LA Times, certainly not the New York Times. But enough people are, and according to Dennis, it's still the, you know, one of the authorities. All right, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, I guess. But when Pfizer writes a check for $100,000 or more in a struggling magazine, in a place where the newspaper circulation has dwindled, when they're writing these six-figure checks, do you think there's really going to be some sort of, I don't know, non-biased review of the whatever? You wouldn't do that. Have some some intellectually uh, honest conversations with your spouse. And say, uh, sweetie, would you do that? If I would give you $100,000, would you say anything bad about me? She's going to say no, but I'm going to need another check tomorrow. Because the day, the day is young. Right? You understand. So keep that in mind. Now listen, the Biden administration, through front and back door, does the same thing. Right? They tried to say when President Trump spoke at a big rally and he says, Putin, are you, are you listening to me? Uh, release Hillary's emails. That was his code word to speak to them. Do you really think he has to use a, a a venue like that? Or do you think it was for show? Of course it's for show. If he was this maniacal guy who had a deal with Putin behind the scenes, he wouldn't use the nightly news. He would just send somebody. So you see how they use the news? Do, do you see how they use the the power of a legacy newspaper or... ABC News, NBC, those are just become an echo chamber of a very narrow group of people. And so when I share that with you, why does that matter? Well, it's because of this. I want you to grab your pen and paper. I'll give you a second. Here's my phone number, guys. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. And if you have an email, if you'd like to send us an email question, rather, you can reach out to us at Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif at TFSWealth.com. Stands for Total Financial Solutions. T is in total. F is in financial. S as in solutions. Wealth.com. Okay. Here's the problem. Because they're trying to blame Putin for the, the gas prices and for the economy and the stagflation that's coming and the inflation that's here. 
They're trying to blame Putin for everything under the sun. He's the new boogeyman. Even though the only reason he invaded was because Joe Biden was weak. You understand, each time they've done these kind of things, it's been under a weak international leader. Even George W. Bush was generally a weak international leader. Some great books on folks that were very close to the decision to invade Iraq when the intelligence was skewed. Right? Uh, look at the way the media and the, those, quote, that are in the know reacted to the, the Biden, Hunter Biden laptop. In other words, you say, well, these things, are they even connected? They are because they all run filtered through the media. And you have to really understand we need a free media, but we need a media that's free to have a free media. Right. When you're in a position to not research, go talk to the guy and say, well, how do you know it was Hunter Biden? Well, because he's on TV. I see him. Who dropped it off? Was it a Russian agent? No, it was that guy right there. That guy. Well, let's compare. Let's bring in four fingerprint expert. Uh, sorry, four uh, handwriting experts. And let's take a look at the way he completed the invoice and the signature. Nobody did any of that. Instead, they had dozens of current and former intelligence officials that signed their name to a letter to indicate this is classic Russian propaganda. And now we have a, a president that's compromised. Folks, when I tell you he's compromised, he is compromised. It isn't just a right-wing idea that it sounds quite interesting and that is on you know, the right-side right blogosphere. He is compromised. Look at the laptop. Because, you know, if this guy has it, and he gave it to the FBI, and he wasn't a dummy. He made a copy. He gave it to the media. I think it was Fox News he gave it to. And he said, hello, is anybody even paying attention? I think the guy was even a registered Democrat. And when the guy never comes up to pick up his stuff, it becomes forfeited, right? Just like your dry cleaning. If you don't come in to pay for it, well, they got themselves a brand new dress. Thank you. Brand new suit. Thanks. So in this story of filtering through the media, what do you have to do to prepare for inflation and even stagflation that's coming down the road? Because we've spent so long demonizing, quote, employees, calling you selfish if you wanted to go to work, selfish if you wanted to prepare for your family and you were unwilling to accept government handouts. We called you selfish. Look at the brainwashing of the little kids in elementary school. They are called selfish. Wear a mask if you love your mom. Don't you love your grandma? Wear a mask so you don't take a disease home. You know how influential that is to create an entire generation? You see, the left is patient. Why do you think China has a hundred-year plan? Because they're patient. They know there's incremental steps. The left says, listen, right now we're not going to be able to control these out-of-control 40 and 50-year-olds, these guys that think for themselves, these, these conservative. We can't do it. But I'll tell you what, the fourth graders, the seventh graders, the 10th graders that we can scare the hell out. Oh, yep. Sorry. We're going to scare you. Sorry. Don't you love anybody? You selfish. And so you become this independent idea of everybody else's actions. Well, it should be controlled by you because you're the smartest one in the room. And financially, it isn't any different. Right. When we start running uh, an organization, a company, a school district, a nonprofit, any kind of entity in the form of, well, let's call it what it is, a socialist communist kind of an idea. 
as opposed to a dictatorship. Listen, most companies should be run as a dictatorship on some level, right? The owner of that small business, his or her name is on the is on the checks. You might have a great idea, but if the answer is no, you still implement the owner's ideas and, and plans. And you do so willingly and happy. Why? Because you, if things don't go well, you don't write the check. If things don't go well, you just go get another job. He or she has a lease they're re- responsible for. Payroll taxes they're responsible for. So where the left wants to take over business, small business, medium size, even large businesses, they've already succeeded on large businesses. You scare the daylights out of Disney, right? Whatever your agenda is, whether social or, or economic. You scare the heck out of uh, utilities and they're starting to do things. Do you not think that the left's impact in the economy is now beginning to be felt. So what do they want? They want stagflation. They want inflation. Here's what it is. You've heard of this term, stagflation. It's basically an extreme economic situation where you have a combination of stagnant growth, which means we're not growing or producing more products. You have inflation that is increasing, so the dollars that are circulating are still quite a few. And unemployment is high. So what do we currently have? Well, we have unemployment is high. It doesn't matter what the Biden administration puts out. There are people that don't want to work. You guys know it. Some of you are sitting at home. Some of you retired early. Some of you are getting your government check. You're no different. Listen, I love you all. But some of you have decided that you were going to, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, you know, what can I say? You've reached the level of your integrity. You've got to the line and, and you're just not willing to go any further. Right? Your character said, well, you know, it's better to have something than nothing. Why fight? You know, they're not coming after me anyway. I'm in, I'm in a 1937 Germany. They're going after the other guys. So listen, I'm just going to turn my head and, and move on. Okay. Some of you are that way. But when you have stagnant growth, rising inflation. Oh, wait. Rising inflation is already here. So we have rising inflation. Hmm. We have high unemployment. What's missing? Stagnant growth. Well, folks, that's here too. You see, what we've done is we've made companies be forced to work with less people. And so what they've done is learned how to work with less people. Go into some of the fast food restaurants, some of the big ones. And what do you see? You see a kiosk, like an ATM. I'm like, is there an ATM at the front desk here? And instead of four uh, blue shirts and one white shirt, which is the supervisor, and the four blue shirts are doing their work, and they're, some are back cooking and some are here. Now you have one or two white, white shirts, or, or blue shirts rather, right? Because that's how, they, that's how they tell you where their rank is. Just like in the military, police department. Look at my, I don't even have to tell you I'm more important than you. Just look at my sleeves. Look at my collars. Stars and bars. Fast food restaurants, it's the color of the shirt. Light blue goes over there. I'm the white, uh, you don't even have to know who's who. doesn't matter. Look at my shirt. Look at your shirt. So you blue shirts, you go over there, you work, and I'm the supervisor. Well, today there's one supervisor and maybe one worker and one cook. And you walk up to this little ATM machine. You put in your card, this with extra mustard, no pickles. Give me this. Double that. Thank you. Do you want something to drink? Yeah. How about this? Here's a frosty Coke. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'll take that little thing right there to click. Please put in your card. There you go. I put in my card. You see, they have learned, businesses, 
out of necessity how to do more with less people. So now when you say, okay, government isn't going to give you any more money, people, you're done. No more checks. No more free stuff. We're running out of money. Go get a job. And they go, all right, fine. Fine. All right, fine if I have to. So they go and they try to get a job, whether whether it's an office or fast food or manufacturing or or a mechanic shop, whatever, all, all very good, good, high-paying jobs. And if not, it, it gives you the flexibility to learn and grow. And they say, we don't need you. Sorry, we don't need you. Like, what do you mean you don't need me? I, I'm here, didn't you know? My mom, she'll write a letter. I'm 34 years old. She'll tell you how smart I am, <laughs> how nice I am. I'm a really good, good boy. And the company says, listen, you left us four years ago. We don't need you. We figured out how to streamline, how to modernize, how to update, whatever words they're going to use. And it doesn't include you. And so now you have businesses that are learning how to adapt without having you around. So you better, if you're going to retire at an early age, you better make sure you have money to to run through this higher wage world. Because here's what's going to happen. As a threat to investors, and because it's bad for corporate America, it's going to mean higher expenses and less profitability. So what does corporate America do when it's less profitable? It gets rid of employees that are not as profitable. It gets rid of lines of business, either sells them off or closes them. Can you say Kmart, Sears? Right? It says, sorry, we're not going to offer that product or service or even that entire department. I've shared with you guys before. You don't think something like this can happen to Amazon, Tesla, uh, Nike, whatever the big companies are. Look at the S&P 500. Those are big, big companies. But you know that Woolworth Department Store used to be there. Fedco, Gemco were always some of the top companies. Montgomery Ward. My parents had a Montgomery Ward washer and dryer that lasted for decades. Until just one day it, it, it broke. And I'm like, this thing has been in the family forever. I mean, you had to replace the belt and some of the other little things. But man, it was made made to last. It was probably, I don't know, Whirlpool or Maytag or something. They just slapped a name on it. But whatever it was, it was made. It was manufactured here in the United States in the 60s or 70s. And where are those companies now? Yeah, they're not here, aren't they? GE, once a very powerful, very powerful company. Well, I mean, it's still there. But no longer the powerhouse, right? Mismanagement comes in, a zig instead of zag. You have to zigzag, zigzag, and they, and they guess wrong, and boom. Companies do that. And maybe it will be yours. So you have to care for yourself. Because remember, a pension, if you expect to get one, and you're working for one of these companies, you survive the government telling some people they were unessential, or, right? Or, or the you're going to work from home. I had a friend who owns a company that... Uh, recently I spoke to him uh, during the week and he said, Arif, you know, we're trying to hire people. And one of the first words people say is, do I have to come into the office? Because, you know, I, I like to work from home. He said, you haven't had a job for five months. We want to hire you. Yeah, but I need Fridays off and I don't want to start work till 10 a.m. Because here's what he said. He said a recent person came in and said, you know, I, I found that I'm much more fulfilled when I garden in the morning so I don't want to get to work until about 10 a.m. He's like, are you kidding me? And my friend's in his, oh, probably mid-50s. And he said, 
how do these young people, these 30-somethings, right, millennials, it's what it turns out to be, think that they're that special, that important? I can only go back to participation trophies, right? I can only go back when they don't keep score in these uh, soccer games or these baseball fields. Look, do you understand? Only you, your wokeness, doesn't keep score. The kids keep score. The coaches in the dugouts keep score. The parents keep score. Everybody keeps score. But if we pretend to pretend and we look like we're thinking about looking like probably trying to be, well, then we can always be. Right? The king has no clothes. Doesn't matter. He's not wearing any clothes. I'm not going to say anything. You don't say anything. Well, I don't say anything. It's, it becomes a very weird... And, and some of you need to stand up. Right? And say, why are we doing this? What's the rule? What's the law? What's, the, what's right and wrong? Pick that. When stagflation comes, and it will, here's some things you can do. Because I think some of the problems you're going to have is not preparing yourself properly. And since we're seeing more and more people get divorced, you're going to have to think about that as, a, as the next step. I think you're going to want to, to consider some of the different investment options. Meet, talk with your financial advisor. right? Because in the 1970s, if you look back at the wealth of this country and, and individuals, it basically was stagnant. It wasn't until Ronald Reagan came in. Yes, they had 90, 75, 80% in uh, tax rates, but most people didn't play that. right? Most, po- most people, their write-offs were out the door. And there's this rule that's the percentage of GDP and taxes and you know debt, and there's this little formula, and it just kind of goes up and down with that. Well, here's the thing that people don't understand is all of those expenses all of the things that you and I have bought into debt if you will is now we have to understand somebody's got to pay it you can clap your hand you can think it's right you can go after bad corporations and frankly I would agree with you certainly with some of them at least they're cowardice right Nike and LeBron James what a bunch of cowards They're Chinese spokespeople. That's what they are. Look at New Balance. New Balance won't produce a thing in in China. Once China ripped them off, now maybe they went back, I don't know, but ever since they lost the huge court court case, it was, I think, through the Supreme Court, the intellectual property, it was stolen. The factory that they paid for, that that, uh, New Balance paid for, the owner of the factory was printing, making shoes at night, basically. And selling them and diluting the brand and on and on. They, New Balance lost. So they said, that's it. I won't, I won't make anything else in China. So that matters a lot when you are trying to think what companies or, or companies, corporations, where will they, where will I, I, I spend my money? Well, where will I actually take the time and make a difference? Because they do it in the United States. They make it in the UK. They're very... Listen, this is not a New Balance commercial. I, I have one pair. I like them. But my point is, there are corporations that can and do stand up to the bad guys. And guess what? The bad guys usually blink. And if you really understand and you really uh, hit hit the foundation of America first, and we are not the the... I don't know, the, the, the best company country in the world 
if you look at some of our history, we've made mistakes. But what is it? We're the best country in the world um, except for everybody else, right? Right. I mean, what was it? We're the worst form of democracy. I got to say this, right? We're the worst form of government except for everybody else because that's just the way it is. You want to succeed in business, you have to cater to the United States. You want to succeed in, in government if you're a small company, small country, small uh, an individual, you follow the United States. When you do that, then you have a chance to succeed. So my point is this. There's going to be companies that do well. There's going to be companies that stand up for America. There's going to be companies that stand up to the craziness through this stagflation, through this the tough times are coming, guys. I'm telling you they're coming and they're going to be hard. You have to pay off your debt. We'll get to some of these things. What to do next? Pay off bad debt, credit card debt. Some of you still have credit card debt and you have a pension and income and you just overspend. You know what the income is going to be next month. We have to fix that. I'll get to that in a bit more. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Continuing in stagflation and improving your life. I'm Arif Halaby. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about finance. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Arab Halaby, triple eight ninety nine retire eight eight eight. Nine nine seven three eight four seven. Reliable retirement income. Look, part of the challenge when you're trying to earn your wealth and trying to retire or live comfortably, uh, in my opinion, is to stagger or ladder your income. I'll get to some of that in the second hour. We have our second hour coming up. Uh, questions from you guys. You tell me what you want to know, and uh, and we bring them up right here on the air. We have some special guests also coming forward. Wait till you hear some of the interviews. Uh, we're going to do them and I think it will change your life because these are real folks with great impact on what they, uh, what their area of specialty is, including reliable income, inflation, currency wars, some of the wars that are happening across the country, how the U.S. basically can collapse the Russian economy by collapsing the ruble. Now, what happened is China came in and backstopped them. So we'll get into that. You'll get an idea of what that means. You know, it's some fascinating things happening. If it weren't so dangerous, if a lot of us didn't prepare, thinking good times were going to last forever under President Trump, some of you think Joe Biden was the savior. He was going to, quote, bring, bring us back to normal. Well, I guess if this is his normal, he still thinks he's, uh, you know, 1985. So, so I don't know what normal he's in. The recession, the stagflation, it's coming. And I think it's going to be harsh. I, I wish it's not that way. My goal is to not be an alarmist. In fact, I spent a lot of time not even bringing this up in a lot of our shows. It just wasn't something I wanted you to focus on. But I think the better you are prepared, you're going to get a better chance to try to make a difference in your financial life. So number one, you heard me mention before the break, paying off debt. Stay away from credit card debt. Stay away from anything that is what that's called consumer debt. 
If you say, well, I'm going to buy this building or this apartment building or this commercial. All right, I'm good with some of that as long as the numbers work because there's going to be a depression in pricing. So when that depression in pricing, when the pricing is reduced, all right, well, then what happens? Well, nothing. If you're renting it out, the payment is about the same. Remember, inflation affects the rents, which means the rents go up. But if you have a 20 or a 30-year payment on your rentals, your payment is the same for 20 or 30 years. But Eric, if my father said, pay off, pay off my, my house as fast as possible. Under a 9% inflation, uh, sorry, 9% mortgage rate, yeah, of course you pay off your house. When, when mortgage rates were 8 and 12%, like when I bought my house, I think it was about 12%, my first home rather, 40, 30 plus years ago. Yeah, that's right. Pay off your house as fast as possible. Interest will kill you. But today, if you can still get a 3%, 2.5%, mortgage, and inflation is running 6 or 7%, I want you to meet with your CPA, your tax preparer, do the math, and say, if I can grow my money at 6 7%, and it costs me 2 or 3 I'm just treading water, but I'm making 3%. This is pretty good. So you have to ask yourself, even if real estate prices come down, the rents go up. Now, if you're a flipper, right? If you buy a house, flip it, buy a house, flip it. it consider it like hot potato. When the music stops, somebody will have the potato in their hand. When the music stops, somebody will eventually be stuck with that property and it will go down in value probably because that's what stagflation and recessions are all about. Remember, fewer people will have jobs, fewer people qualify for loans. Cost of goods and services go up. So even the money that they have saved, if they didn't manage it properly, if they didn't focus on reliable retirement income, the steady stream of growth and income, where every year or two or three you can raise what you take home, well, that's pretty good. So what do we think is going to happen? What's the economic conditions of stagflation and recession? Well, one, there's going to be some bargain shopping opportunities. We just know that's going to happen. Now, maybe you want or need certain things. Okay, you're going to see stuff that will go down in cost because they're going to try to move. Businesses are going out of business. Businesses are going to try to liquidate things. So there might be a great opportunity to scoop up some certain brands. Okay. Real estate prices. Remember, when you buy a piece of real estate, if you're doing it with cash, then the prices really matter a lot. I mean, they do anyway, but, but look at it this way. Remember when you would buy a car? Some of you that are older, you'd walk onto the lot how much is that car? They'd say $4,700. You'd say, all right, how do you want to pay for it? Well, here's cash or I'm going to finance it for one year. I'll give you half now and half over one year. Okay. You could do that. But as the cost of cars started growing and growing in, in impact in your financial life, in other words, very few people have 65000 to just write a check and pay off a car. And and I'm not talking about a, a super fancy car. Fifty, sixty thousand 60000 is a is a mid-level four-door nice, but it's it's not a Ferrari, right? So what happens? Well, you walk into the lot. You say, hey, I'd like to buy a car. They go, great. How much can you afford per month? We'll say, yeah, but what's the price of that car? Well, how many how many months do you want to finance it? Well, I don't know yet, but but what's the price of the car? Well, we have some great financing and leasing opportunities, sir. Why don't you just come on in? We'll take a look and we'll see how much. And you say, well, how much is a car? 
But you see, most of you don't because you don't care about the price of the car. You care about the monthly payment. That's the reason real estate did so well over the last few years. Because you care about what? The monthly payment. Right? What you were paying in rent for a three-bedroom, two-bath house, today you could buy a $700,000 house for that price. What you were paying for a $400,000 house five years ago, today you get a house that's worth, I don't know, a million dollars? 400000 a million? Probably something like that. Because people were purchasing and are purchasing homes based on how much is my monthly payment. Now, the banks care about the price because one bank is paid off while another one acquires the debt. But remember, your debt to a bank is something very important. It's their asset. So your liability is their asset. You understand that? When you deposit money in a savings account, the bank's job is to get it out as fast as possible. In other words, to lend it out. The bank doesn't want to hold your money because your money to the bank is a liability. So they don't want it. Why do you think they had such low interest rates? They didn't need your money, so they didn't pay you anything for it. But Arif, how could they lend out so much money? Because the Federal Reserve was printing money. The Federal Reserve was printing money, and Bank X can go and say, hi, I need, uh, Arif wants to borrow a million dollars. They go, oh, here you go. The bank didn't have to wait for you to come in and deposit your 10000 and somebody else 100 and somebody else to open up a, a two-year CD for 100000 No, no, no. The bank didn't have to do that. So the bank says, we don't want your money. Because the more that your money sits on our balance sheet, it's on the liability column. Assets, liability. To a bank, an asset is your car loan. To you, a liability is your car loan. So I want you to pay off the liabilities. Now you might say, Eric, if I have a liability, it's, it's a, a duplex and it's making me a certain amount of money. Uh, so what's the delta? In other words, what's the spread? What's the difference? Oh, my rents are 2000 a month and my payment all in is 1500 Well, that's positive cash flow. Hi there, can I have 10 more of those, please? <laughs> right? Maybe it works for you. So I think real estate prices are going to be affected in this recession slash stagflation world. I think you're going to also see certain goods and services. Uh, we see it now. Certain restaurants that we that we go to because of the reaction to COVID we started seeing, oh, sorry, we don't have a Greek salad. What do you mean? We like it. Well, some of the things I couldn't get, says the restaurant, right? Some of the items, the vegetables and fruits and whatever it is that, that meet certain uh, desserts and, and, and salads and other things, we just, we just can't get them. So we have a limited menu. Oh, well, that's horrible. I, I like Greek salads. Sorry. So what a lot of these banks, uh, sorry, what a lot of these restaurants have done is minimized or lessened some of their variety. Well, that's the same thing that that you see happening in other businesses. For example, I'm a business owner and I'm a chiropractor, let's say, and we're open Monday through Friday. Well, sorry, I don't have the staff. Right, The staff says, oh, we want to work from home. Well, you can't. You're a chiropractor. You have to work at the office. So the staff says, oh, I'm only going to work this day, but not this day. And the chiropractor looks around. She can't find anybody else to work. She's like, fine. I guess we're only working four days this week. Right, So even service businesses are going to have to shut down and close their hours, adjust the products and services they offer. And I think you guys need to be ready because I believe inflation is going to get up to double digits 
for the next two or three years. It's going to take the next two years of the next Republicans administration to bring it back down. So from your lips to God's ears, we have a true conservative that wins in 2024 and reverses a lot of this craziness. Maybe we have a conservative Congress that doesn't act like rhinos and they actually get in and pass things, right? President Trump had a chance to do it. The, the Congress wouldn't do it. He was willing to do all sorts of things. They, they were supposed to cut spending. They didn't. He did his part. He had a great tax cut, but now you have to cut spending on the other side. And he started to do it, and he had uh, the, the second and third tier, third and fourth tier of the civil servants that were being controlled. Look, maybe conspiracy or not, we're starting to see it's real. Being controlled by a shadow government through, through President Obama, I, I actually believe that he had something to do with those. Why would he have a skiff, right? Uh, a, a quiet room, you know, those rooms that you can't take electronics in, there's no way to penetrate in or out. Why would he have one built into a house down the street from the White House? Uh, I mean, what are you thinking? Go, go live your life. Go to go to your house in Hawaii or, or Chicago or wherever you wanted to live. Why are you trying to undermine a, a, a duly elected president of the United States? And then, of course, the Facebooks and Twitters of the world, you know, assisted in the next election. They said, oh, we got burned in 2016. We're not going to let that happen in 2020. So I don't know. Maybe we are not going to get a Republican president, which means this misery is going to last maybe a decade because the deeper it goes, the worse it can become. So I want you to pay off that debt. That matters a lot to me. Student loan debt, they're going to try to forgive all the sorts of things. I think Biden is going to try to buy himself all sorts of votes. And some of that is through student loans. You see how the mask mandates come, were coming up to the election. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, COVID, don't worry about it now. Right? The, the, they no longer have the ticker on the screen. Right? You could tell. You could tell. What does the media, what does the entertainment media want you to focus on? Because that's what they do. They, they, they put it on the screen. If they were really truly against Russia, you would have a list, a running night. Oh, we added four more uh, potential war criminals. You can do the proper saying. Lieutenant Colonel uh, Vasily something or other. Well, yeah. He's in charge of the unit that is uh, bombarding so-and-so. Admiral whatever from the fleets in the ocean that are sending missiles to this particular city. He is now on the list for potential Hague war crimes. Uh, the total uh, value of destruction that Russia will pay back. Russia, let's be clear. You will pay this back. Maybe it'll take a decade, but you're going to pay it back. I told you guys, I, I still have a client. She's very older, uh, much older now, but she's still receiving reparations from Auschwitz. A check every month. Because of what Germany did, they stole her family's wealth. I mean, you, have to, you had to prove it. It was hard because they destroyed certain things. But what the Germans were amazing at were keeping records. And when we found those records, because remember, they burned a lot. They, they knew they were losing the war. So Germany, you have to understand, you will rebuild Ukraine. So uh, dishonest news media, maybe you can start by having a, a ticker on your screen that's, that is scroll 
and LA Times once a week publish, New York Times publish, here's the potential war criminals. You do that with the, the Duke lacrosse players, with the Tawana Brawley case. You publish who, who people who are yet to be charged or even convicted of any crime. So why don't you do it to put some pressure on Russia? You publish the names of, of accused. Why don't you publish the name of these accused? And once a week, let's take a look at who the new war criminals are. We seize their property before it comes out so they don't know that they're the next. Right? They have a house in the south of France. They have a bank account in, in Cape Town, South Africa. We'll take it. And folks, just understand, you will rebuild Ukraine. $14.5 billion is the current. Oh, wait, another missile blew up the school. Huh. And folks, we understand it's, it's, it's impossible to add a dollar value to life. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you're under the age of, of 15, right, your dollar value is 200000 If you're over the age of this, it's, it's 150 I mean, there's got to be something cruel and yucky about it. It, it. It's not my favorite thing to do, but you do have to say. So you're going to re- uh, repay, reimburse the families. Because Jimmy was 15 years old, he was going to be an engineer. His ability to earn income in the next 40 years of work, we're going to assess a value to that. Just like they do in car accidents or bombings or, or other things. Right, American judicial system has a formula to assess a value to, to a human life in a car accident, etc. It's, it, it's not the cleanest thing to do. It's a yucky thing to do, but it is a thing to do. So what I would like you to do is to do something very simple. I want you to go, push your congressmen and women, write letters to your CNN and and Fox News and MSNBC and Newsmax. What if Newsmax started doing that? You don't think Russians are going to tune in every night? Because they are able to get on the Internet. Because some of them are going to go, uh-oh, is that Uncle, uh, Uncle Vlad? Let me see. Is he on the screen? He is. Uh-oh. They're going to take his house in the south of whatever. Because now you have something to bargain away. All right, listen, we were going to charge you $75 billion to rebuild these cities, that, uh, but here's the discounted rate. We're going to take 10% of your oil revenue, 5% of your national uh, gross product uh, each year. And that's how we're going to rebuild you, because you will rebuild it. So every time you send a missile, it affects another generation of Russians. And then what you do is you tell the Russian people, you guys are going to be paying this for a very long time. So if you want to see an opportunity, if you want to see something start to change in the world of, of uh, I don't know, putting this country back on track, I think you're going to see a few things. One of those is this stagflation, inflation is going to start increasing the misery, the anger that you will have, rightfully so, to many of our elected leaders. So I think there's going to be an, uh, an overthrow, if you will, in an American peaceful way where they vote out one political party in, in a wide-sweeping move. And now because the Democrats are in control of everything, this, both in the state of California... I mean, you understand that there isn't even a dog catcher that's that's a Republican in the state, a state office. 
There's nobody. There used to be. They used to have to negotiate. They used to have to bargain and, and compromise. Not anymore. Nope. Now what do they do? Well, it's very simple. Now what they do is, is they just say, this is what we're doing. And the Republicans in the state legislature, they just go along for the ride. It's a great job. You can seem virtuous and do nothing. You can you know, stomp your foot. Yeah, you know, children, old people, dogs. Yeah, water, clean water. Blah, blah. And we got overrode. Oh, look at that. They did it again. Raise money for me, will you? Give me a check, huh? So the state Republicans, it's, it's a joke. When I, I had a chance to have a, I was part of a small lunch group. And the head of the Republican Party in the state of California, this is many years ago, you guys would know his name. He was a household name in the Republican world for many years, decades probably. And he was there and he was trying to say, oh, you know, we, we gained a few more seats in the assembly and we gained a few more here and, you know, we passed this. And, and uh, the, the California Republican that was uh, broke when I took office, you know, we had debt. Now we have this much money saved. And he went on and on. And, and so I'm in the luncheon thing. And again, there's probably four tables of eight or something. I raised my hand and I said, excuse me, so the way you measure success is how much money you guys have raised? I, I mean, I get it. We shouldn't be in debt as a, as a Republican California association. Okay, I'm fine with that. But wouldn't you want to raise, since you've been there, we have lost control of anything in the state we don't have a we don't have anybody they not only have a majority they have a super majority so wouldn't you measure success by at least saying and at the end of the day guys you know we have more people in office and we're winning instead he was saying you know we had this seat and that seat nothing for you and me nothing to make a difference in our world nothing to create our lives better, but to make the Republican Association wealthier. It's no wonder the Democrats roll over the state. It's no wonder people are leaving. It's no wonder the misery part of this state, right, when it comes to taxes and potholes, right? They keep raising gas taxes. They keep raising car registration fees. Oh, vehicle assessment. Yeah, we have a car registration and a vehicle assessment. Why do you think they have that? Look at your car registration. And I think in the next re recession that's here, the next step is they're going to raise property taxes. Because the state is virtually bankrupt. It's, it's just upside down. It can't even, it has lousy credit rating, can't even borrow money at a reasonable interest rate. And so the next step is to raise property taxes. Now, for those of you sitting back drinking your coffee saying, oh, well, don't worry about me. I have Prop 13. You're right. You're right. You do. Yep, 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 yep. But you also have something called a property assessment. Oh, got your attention now, huh? Put, that down, put down that number one grandma mug and listen for just a second. The property assessment doesn't have to go through the state legislature, which means none of the Democrats can ever go on record voting for it. Oh, I didn't vote for that. No, no, no. It's an assessment through the regulatory agencies. So now you have an assessment through the regulatory agencies that add money to the, that you owe the state each and every year 
through your property taxes. But they're not going to call it property taxes. They call it a property assessment. And it's for the children. So why? Come on now. It's for the children. Firemen and children and nurses. We like nurses still. Some of them anyway. They're not the ones that that refuse to get the shot. Right? Cedar sinai shame on you. Kaiser Hospital, big shame on you. You know better and you and you let those people go. They didn't get the shot aware of. Right? They had a religious exemption and then t- you know, two weeks later, sorry, never, nope, changed our mind. What are you gonna do? Sue us? Oh, you can't. Oh, that's right, you can't. <laughs> right? You understand that these organizations are going to drive you into making decisions and they're going to go through things like the associations on your taxes. They're going to raise, well, it's going to be a tax, but they're going to call it something else on your health insurance. They're already doing that. It's called a premium tax, premium tax. State of California taxes insurance products. Did you know that? It's an insurance, it's your car insurance. If you don't think the state of California has found it, Try to find a way to tax you coming and going. Now, you might say, well, gosh, Arif, I'm okay because I want better roads. I want better schools. The depth of corruption in the state of California, the people that are paid to do nothing with enormous pensions, enormous paychecks and benefits, and they never lost a penny when the reaction to COVID shut down stores and individuals. These people still got a check. They worked at home. They were on vacation. Some of them actually went to other countries and other states while they were, quote, working from home. For the city and county, kept their health insurance, kept their pension going. The the governor should have said, look, hey guys, we're in this together. I'm all right with that. If if you say we're in it together, I'm in, right? I'm I'm willing to, to play ball. But why did you keep getting a paycheck? All right, guys, stay tuned. Second hour. I've got uh, two big emails I want to read. Uh, they're in-depth, so it could be part of things that, that matter to you. That's why I chose them this week. Two big emails. When we come back, we're going to get into those details. There's a lot to it when we come back. 888 retire I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Retired comfortably Thanks to Arab Halaby Now every dollar's got a job to do Arab makes your money The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477 provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about 
Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me, Eric Halvey. Our new second hour. I know you might be surprised. Hey, what? Is, yep, that's me <laughs> talking about your family's finances. I've got a few emails I want to read to you because this, I think, is pretty important. In your life, we start, uh, well, we start off with a plan, right? Everybody who is 65 years old, when you started working, let's call it 25 years old, so for 40 years, when you said, and one day when I retire, I will have this, or it will look like that, or I will do this. Well, surprise, I, I would venture to guess that 40 years ago, when you started working, you never imagined a cell phone being the thing in which you can carry your wealth, right? Bitcoin and, and crypto. You probably never imagined that interest rates would ever be this low. I mean, they're starting to go back up. I understand. You probably never thought you would get nothing in a savings account. You probably thought that that the United States would at least honor a democracy and, and the media would have some semblance of neutrality. But surprise, things are different, aren't they? With gas prices over $6 a gallon in some places, 7 in others, you have to ask yourself, you know, is retirement even possible now? And that's a legitimate question. For a lot of you, it, it's a serious thing because if costs and expenses are going to go up and you thought retirement was buying an RV and filling up that 100-gallon 100, 100 tank and spending a mortgage payment on filling it up, I mean, you understand, right? It's a 120, 150-gallon tank. There was a story uh, last week of a guy who said, you know, this $994 to fill up his RV. And he said it was the same price as his mortgage payment. Can you imagine? Some of you thought that, that 40 years ago, a mortgage payment of whatever might be reasonable, and you never thought it would cost that to, to live the dream that you wanted, which is a part of retirement. So what's going to go up in price? Well, I think everything from airfare to grocery items, right? You've heard the story probably by now that fertilizer that fertilizes everything. I think, what is it, 40% or more comes from Ukraine? Right? You understand Russia doesn't have any power unless they can control something like that, and that's what they want to control. Their goal is to control something because they are not powerful. They're not a powerful country anymore. You know, they economically speaking, now they have nuclear weapons, of course. And that's the challenge, right? It's why the United States has paid Russia, yes, paid Russia over the years to keep these nukes out of the hands of Iran and some of these other crazies. And so what they purposely did is they would either buy them, pull them off the black market, they would uh, pay to keep them under control. So generals would be part of the payroll of the United States. Yes. I mean, look, this is not a normal thing. These are very serious things when you're trying to build and, and protect a country. You have to make yucky decisions and really, really yucky decisions. So, so <laughs> it's not as if, you know, there's a good and bad. Right? You've, you've heard the terms. And so part of it in your life is you're going to have to make good and bad decisions, right? I'm going to try to make the good one. But now, what if you have two bad decisions? You have to uh, choose the, the least bad, right? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes there's no really good answer. And so that leads up to this particular question. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to give you the email address, arif at tfswealth.com. So arif at tfswealth.com. Or give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. And yes, the E at the end of retire is not needed when you type it in. 
but usually the phones are okay with that. Okay. Dear Arif, this one I received this week. Dear Arif, my daughter went back to school to earn her master's degree. I co-signed for some of the loans for her undergrad, which took six years to complete. By the time she graduated, COVID had just begun. Since she could not find a job in her field, she decided to return to school and earn a master's degree. I'm going to pause for a second there. Does that sound familiar to any of you? Right? Many of you did that. Many of your kids did that. Well, I might as well go do something. I'm going to sit at home. I might as well earn another degree. The government's going to pay me $3,000 a month. I might as well earn something. So people did. Okay, continuing. I helped her financially through that time. Now she is starting to work. The loan fees and interest have been adding up. Will this affect my retirement accounts if she can't pay it? Do I have to pay it back if she can't? So there's a lot of questions in here, so I'm going to break them down one at a time. Will this affect my retirement accounts if she can't pay it? It could, and here's why. Because part of the problem that you have to understand is it doesn't happen overnight, right? There's a, there's a process of them sending you notices, and then they have to file a judgment. They file a lien. So there, there's a process that they go through, and it takes months. It's not something that happens overnight, especially with the Biden administration trying to buy votes. They're going to do their best to either cancel some of these loans or we're not, you're not going to have to pay interest for the last two years. If you didn't pay it, just you know, we're going to move, remove the interest from your accounts. So they're doing all sorts of, of things like that. Look, if you're true to your integrity, then you're going to say, government, don't do anything like that for me. Well, yeah, but Eric, it's $50,000. Well, I guess you found your price right? Your your price is 50. You already found your price. Some of you, nice people, by the way, took the three grand a month and stayed home. Some of you did that. So there's your price. Now, I know some of you took the two or 3,000 a month and you gave it away. You donated it and you, and you continue to work. You gave it to, to charity. You did good things with it. They were sending you the check. You might as well do something with it. And you did. So I'm proud of you. It's a story you can tell forever that you weren't bought by the left. Okay, continuing with another question. Do I have to pay it back if she can't? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, if she can't pay it back, now, if she passes away, on the other hand, then they usually forgive it. So don't, don't solve for that problem. But just understand, if she can't pay it back, you're going to have to, Okay. In a couple of years, she continues, in a couple of years, I will be 60 years old, so I'm guessing she's around 58. I have nearly $500,000 saved in an old retirement account. Okay, that's pretty important because there's some things that you can do with that. And then her question is this, should I be concerned about them coming after that retirement account? Well, yeah, you should. Because if it goes down through the story of they put a lien on your property or they put a lien on your bank accounts... Because who is it that, who's the they that I'm talking about? Well, student loans, after President Obama came in and made some big changes to student loans, he made it so the IRS was the collection agency. So the IRS collection agency that goes after your money has unlimited authority, more authority than almost any other entity in the country. So when she finishes, should I be concerned about them coming after that, which is her old 401k, her 500000 I think you should. Now, it's, I, I, I don't know if it's a 10% chance or 1% or whatever, but they, they're going to ask for this money to be paid back in some form or fashion. You've heard me say in the past, now look, maybe it takes a little while for them to go after it, 
but she's she'll be 60 years old in a, in a couple of years. Let's call let's call her 58. By the time she turns 62, so three, four, five years from now, she could start Social Security. But here's what happens: if you don't pay back this money, Social Security, your wages from Social Security get targeted; they get debited. So think about this for a minute. The person now, there's some scoundrels out there that that borrowed the money, know that they they have to pay it back, and don't. And they have a million dollars here. They have this yacht. Okay, fine. There's there's those son of a guns out there. But if you're somebody who can't pay back these student loans and you leave them to your parents to pay back, I think there's a special place in, well, you know where, just for you. Because you have 30 or 40 years still left on this earth to work and your mom and dad don't. And you're going to saddle them with that money? Well, it's a parent plus loan and they took it out. How sh- shame on you, I guess. that I, I can't say it any, any more strict. Shame on you. It was for you. They took it out to make it so that your dreams could come true. Go work two jobs. Sleep in your car like I did. I mean, whatever it takes. Figure it out. But you don't saddle a retiree with your parent plus loans and make it so they have to work another decade. And parents... Have that conversation with your kids. I get it. She's 35 years old with a child out of wedlock. Or he's, he's uh, 29 and, and he's uh, you know, still trying to figure out life. Okay. Have that conversation anyway. Listen, you, you had a child or you got a divorce or you decide that, uh, that I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't that way. But this problem, kids, is yours. How dare you give it to your parents? Right. That's why public shaming was a good thing. You know, this is one of those where people should be looking at you and saying selfish, selfish. About one hundred and seventy thousand Americans are currently having their Social Security checks. Garnished some of their Social Security checks seized garnished because of liens to pay back student loan debts. The regular lawsuits and small claims courts, the procedures that can take place. The IRS has access to all of those mechanisms to try to get your money, to try to get their money back. There's always these little loan forgiveness. Oh, interest rate this and interest rate that. We told our kids, we're not interested in doing any kind of parent plus loan. I just won't do it. Now, maybe I'll give you money to help pay it. You know, maybe I'll do something where you make a payment, I'll make a payment. Right? Show me how much you paid this year, $500 or $5,000. I'll put in $5,000, right? I mean, that could do all those things. You could do some of those things. But you see, the effort begins with them. They help paying it off. and Maybe I'll give a little bit. Maybe I'll pay 50 cents every time they do it. No matter what you decide, never get a parent plus loan. Well, Eric, I'm so ashamed. I did it. I made a mistake. Okay, so what do we do if you made that mistake? Because that's going to be the question, right? What do you do if you're like, uh-oh, you're right, Arif. I messed up, and it's too late. I have it, and my child has become a jerk, right? They party, they buy new cars, new clothes. She always has a new phone, whatever the latest phone is, and I'm struggling just to make ends meet. Well, first of all, you knew that child was a selfish son of a gun long before you ever signed for a Parent PLUS loan. You wanted them to be something different, right? A lot of people do. You have a vision of what your parents are. That's the reason Dr. Laura still has a show. 
because of people like you and me, right? I mean, we all make mistakes. But you knew that child was the son of a gun before you ever took a parent plus loan. You were probably trying to buy a little favor, right? Simple, 101, psych 101, trying to make it so that they would like you or let, let you see their kids, right? Your grandchildren, okay, sometimes. But you have to ask yourself, when are you going to say, I raised somebody, maybe you have two children or six, and two of them are great and four are not, or five are, are wonderful people and one has become a jerk. People, ha- It happens. I have a friend, they have uh, two kids. One is amazing and one is in jail. I mean, what, what do you do? Same kids, same house, same parents, same schools. So one of these days, you're going to have to make a decision and go, look, my 27-year-old daughter is just not a nice person, so she'll always be my daughter, but she won't get a penny. If she wants a place to live, she can always sleep in the, in the guest room. Right? Maybe I wouldn't let her be homeless. We, we don't do the, that world. If she wants food, these are the times that we eat. Come by any time. You need something in the refrigerator. Open it. It's yours. But I won't give you a penny. I won't buy a car for you. I'm not going to co-sign on your automobile. Unless you're prepared to pay it. Now, if you say, I'm going to do a Parent PLUS loan, it's $50,000 to help her get her master's. And if she doesn't pay it, I'm going to pay it. And you've you've come to that agreement at the beginning before you even put the pen to paper, then I'm good with that. That's a business decision. You've made it. You have whatever, a million dollars and you want to give up 50000 You can do that, of course. So you decide where the line is. I don't want you to be surprised when your parent, and in, in this particular lady's case, her name is, uh, I just, well, we'll use her just her first name, Ellie. And here's what she said. She Basically this. Should I be concerned about them coming after my retirement? Yes. Eventually they could. I don't know if they will, but they could. So you may have to now budget. You didn't indicate how much the uh, student loans were that you co-signed for. But let's say it's $50,000. You're going to have to budget that payment into your retirement, which might mean you have to work another few years to get your your assets up to the place or your social security check up to the place where then it becomes, you know, the right number to absorb that. And the other thing is this. I don't want you to leave her the money. I want you to tell, listen, I was going to leave you this, but now I'm going to leave it to the other kids or I'm going to leave it to charity or my nieces or my nephews. You received your inheritance every, every month. So watch out for regular lawsuits uh, claims. The other thing that I think is pretty important for a lot of you is master's degrees and PhDs. You can often get scholarships. I have a client that uh, this last week says, oh, my daughter, uh, she, he has twins. Both of the girls are getting their PhDs, but in different schools and under different, um, different things. Right? One is psychology and one is in business. Some... PhD in managing some sort of economic theory or something. Okay, wow, I don't understand that. It's amazing. Wow, great. And he said, oh, by the way, Irv, because they're a girl, a female, because they're going to this school, and it's such a rare type of degree, not only are they paying for her to have a PhD, they're giving her a stipend each month. And she's spending a lot of time doing research, doing all the stuff that she's supposed to do, and here she ends up getting paid 
to get her PhD. So I want you folks to, to take a look at that because if somebody's going out to get their master's or PhD, especially if it's, if it's a female or a minority, that's the game that they're playing, you can decide if you're going to take advantage of that. Right? If, if that's okay with you, fine. You take that. But what I don't want you to do is to sign your name to something like that when you're 50 or 60 or 60 or 70 years old. For whatever reason, it took her six years to complete her school. Lots of reasons. Things happen. Right? There were businesses that doubled and tripled. I was with a, a business recently. It's owned by a relative over the weekend. Uh, last weekend. And, and he said this. He said, Arif, you know what's interesting to me? Our business... We had a particular business model. We did uh, distribution, commission salespeople for a particular industry. And when COVID struck, nobody was going to the to this industry, right? They shut them down. They were, quote, not essential. So what they did is they pivoted on a dime. And they did all the PPE, right? Those clear shelves, masks, gloves. The clear, you know, glass where COVID, you know, the COVID Olympics, where they're not able to jump, the virus is not able to jump that high. I mean, we've seen it. It's record. <laughs> they put this thing. And then, you know, I was on a plane recently and they have those plastic shields. And if you take a look, uh, the the flight attendant, or not the flight attendant, but the, the gate agent is wearing a mask as well. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't understand you. What? And so I lean forward and, and she leans forward again. And I said, so she pulls her mask down, reaches around the barrier and tells me, oh, okay, yeah, now I understand. <laughs> and so I thought, man, maybe my hearing's going bad. Well, she had to do it three or four other times to different people. So they said, hey, COVID, be fair. He can't hear, so you don't have a chance to come out. COVID virus. <laughs> so, right, so the COVID Olympics. So basically his company reinvented itself and said, nobody's buying this product or service anymore. So now we're going to be selling PPE, gloves, specialty masks, uh, hand wiping, sanitizing stuff. In other words, Ellie, your daughter couldn't get a job in her field. And yet other businesses made record profits. Right? So, so you need to be very careful on being a victim. Many of you run around and claim victim status, right? Many of you claim that's what you do. In fact, entire groups of people run around and, and claim to be victims. Entire groups of people say, you know, uh, if it weren't for my whatever, right? You, you make your own world and you say, if it weren't for my uh, race, religion, age, then this would be happening. Have you ever thought how messed up that is? You tell a child at such a young age they have no chance for success because things that they can't control, that's it. Things that you can't control will for now and forever be a hindrance to your success. I can't control my age. I'm white, male. Uh, I can't control my, who my parents were. You can't control that. So you should never punish somebody for that. Their race, religion, but you also don't give them something for it either. Well, Arif, historically speaking, well, you know what? Education's been free for certain communities and virtually free, if not completely free, for the last 50 years. 
Certainly 50 years ago and 10 minutes, it wasn't. And 48 years ago, it was few. But in the last 10 years, the acceleration, the last 20 years, the acceleration of free education for nearly anybody that wants it. And you're telling me, and I'm talking about minorities, anybody that wants it. Now, oh, you have to go to school. Oh, you have to learn. You have to take remedial English, remedial math. Absolutely. Kids have to do that all the time. They didn't test well. They're not good testers. Well, you know what? Learn to be a good tester. That's not something that you're born with. That's something that is created psychologically. So learn how to get better. And if your daughter wants to continue to go, for any of you, your son or your daughter, and go and earn that master's or that PhD, find a way to make it free. Because free doesn't really exist, but if they're giving it away and you don't have any integrity about taking it, then just take it. Oh, wait, you do. Then you know what you do, ma'am or sir? You work. And you work two jobs and three jobs and you save and you pay for this class and you pay for that class. And then by the time you are ready to graduate and maybe instead of two or three years, it's seven or eight or nine and you have no more debt, no student loan debt, you're done. Because now guess what happens? You start the the group, the, 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 the age group that you're in way ahead of the rest of the pack. So you can take a job in your field that doesn't pay very well or that that is over in that part of the city or if you want to work in this state and you don't have to say, well, you know, I'd love to do that, but it doesn't even pay my bills. Well, because your bills are student loan debt. Can you imagine the freedom that you would have or your kids would have to work in a field that pays very little, but it's their passion because they don't have the debt or that pays very little because it's a start off, uh, you know, startup job? Or that she can work as an apprentice or an intern for the Supreme Court or, or the Mayo Clinic, but they don't pay very well. Tough luck, I have debt. Well, if you fix that, you now get a chance to take the dream job and not worry about those ankle bracelets called debt that follow you everywhere. So that's my concern, guys. It's not just for your kids, but it's you in retirement as well, right? We had somebody recently come in and, and she said, Eric, I have student loan debt for two of my kids. I said, well, the, I guess just the bad news in the story here is you're just not going to retire anytime soon. I, I know that's horrible for you. I know that's not our first choice, but you just can't afford to to retire now. There just isn't money. I mean, it's, it's just a math problem, all right? So think about this, guys, as we go through this. Where are you going to get the jobs? What kind of work are you going to do? I want you to start being creative. You've heard of the story, side hustle. It's become kind of a new thing uh, as far as, you know, we call them part-time jobs or, or a second career, or those kind of things. Now I'm hearing kids talk about or side hustles. You can have a side hustle as a retiree. You can collect your pension. You can collect Social Security and still have a, quote, side hustle on the side. People are doing it. They're making amazing income, whether it's online business or whether it's part-time. It's amazing to me what's possible when you put your mind to it. All right, when we come back, guys, I have a, a this is a bit more detailed, okay? We're going to be talking about a lot of numbers. I've chosen this one because it's very specific in dollars. So grab your calculator. It's going to be kind of important. Sit close, pay attention, grab your pen, 
your paper, get up and go to the restroom, whatever you have to do. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Eric Hallaby, and this is the Total Financial Hour. I'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. Triple eight ninety nine retired. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Uh, answering some of your emails and kind of getting in, into some of the weeds here a little bit. And, and I think this is important because for a lot of you, you're counting on a pension. Now, we have a great movie coming up. Uh, we're we're going to run it about once a month or so. The reason I, I share this with you is because I need you to attend it. If you have a pension or you're expecting a pension in the future, if you have uh, income that is coming from Social Security as the primary source for your income in retirement, you're going to want to attend this movie. It's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. The Baby Boomer Dilemma. Uh, we're going to be running it in different places. Right now, we've run it a couple times up in Santa Clarita. We're going to be doing it down here in Glendale and a few other places. Uh, but in my opinion, it's worth the drive. We usually do it on a Saturday morning because that's when the theaters are available. Right? So around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we start the show. But you get a chance. We talk to you. I give you some details on why I think it's important to make some changes uh, or at least to go in with your eyes open as things are changing in the financial world. Part of what you need to have in retirement is the flexibility, as they say, keeping some of your powder dry, keeping some of your money off to the side, activating it to come in and give you an income stream at a later date. Maybe it's a year from now, maybe two years or three years from now. You also want retirement income to keep pace with your spending or inflation. In other words, Social Security had a pay raise this last year, but not even close to what inflation is. And they've had a maybe, I think it was one or two increases during the entire Obama administration. And yet, they basically put it in the left pocket into Social Security and they took it out through Medicare, raising your Medicare premiums. So most people either uh, had the same income or actually lost money, quote, when there was a pay raise. And Obama took credit. Oh, I gave a pay raise first time in a long time. As if he's doing somebody a favor by taking it out the back door in Medicare uh, premiums, right? So I think what you're going to see for a lot of you is if you are on a fixed income and you're in your 60s or even early 70s, I think the next 10 years are going to be tough. So I want to encourage you to have some of your money set aside in a safe place away from the risks of the market. Yeah, of course it went up this week. Oh, but it went down. Had a great day, had a bad day. Tell me about your peace of mind. How do you sleep when you wake up and you see that you lost 3 or 4 or 5% in your retirement accounts? How do you sleep at night when you look at the year to date and you're down 10%? You understand your broker is fine. He or she made a lot of money. Wall Street did great. They still took a, still took a paycheck in, in January. They lost your money in February and they still took a paycheck. And don't worry, in March, their kids are going to go to amazing spring break vacations and they thank you very much. Don't, don't you worry. He or she put a lot of money in their retirement. Well, Eric, if we allocate through the diversification and the way we set up our, 
our formulas are, you know, proprietary. Yeah, we have a, we have a proprietary. Nobody else. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Nobody. And you go, okay, listen. So what I really care about, Mr. And Mrs. Broker, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how much did I put in? When? Okay, great. And, and, and what do I have now? So how much I put in? What do I have now? And then how much did it cost me to get there? Right, that's what matters. Then what you do is you look at it and you say, oh, this is way worth it, man. Oh my gosh, this is a great deal. I'll take two of these. Right, I want you to do that. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Or, like a client last week, had about mm, just under 400000 I think it was three ninety six in his account. $396,000. He had the account for about a decade. Paid right around $150,000 in fees. And made 200000 in his account. He made two hundred. Broker made 150000 so in other words, altogether it made around three hundred and fifty thousand. Broker took a hundred and fifty. Client took two hundred. Made two hundred. So you have to ask yourself: Is their goal to make you money or to keep your money? I, I don't know. I mean, you got to ask yourself. There's there's probably some great investments out there where you can pay and earn, and you do the math, and at the end of the day, you go, "Wow, this is a great deal. I'll take two of these." Yep. Some days you're going to look at it and go, wait a second, this thing is just a machine that kind of treads water and and every month, every year, every quarter, some dollars are kicked off and goes to where? Wall Street. And then you call up and say, hey, I'd like to make a change. They go, oh, well, well, you don't want to make a change. Mm -mm. No, no, you don't want to make a change. Here's why you don't want to make a change. You don't want to make a change because the way we allocate in the time when it comes to, to selling low, we don't want to sell low. We want to, we want to sell when it's high. And plus, it's not really a loss. I love this one. It's not really a loss because you didn't sell yet. You go, oh, okay. Well, look, if those are the rules of the game, then when I called you last year about this time and you said I made $50,000, did I really make it? Because I didn't sell. You didn't sell anything, right? You didn't sell? No, no, I didn't sell. Well, then I didn't make it because under your set of rules, Mr. Broker, <laughs> if if it didn't, if it wasn't sold, I didn't make it. Because you said, if I didn't sell, I didn't lose it. And plus, ask yourself this, guys. Ask your brokers. They'll tell you the truth if you just ask them. You may have to ask them a couple of different times because they send, they they're, they're sometimes might not directly answer that question, but simple. Say, so, okay, so listen. Whew, so, so far this year, I have a loss in my account. I got a little scared. I'm not sure. I, t I took a loss. Boy, I don't have as much of a loss today, but I did lose money. All right. I lost $20,000. So can I write that off on my taxes this year? I just want to know. Well, if you know, taxes. okay, listen, I get it. Can I write this off on my taxes? I had a loss. I lost money. You told me I lost money. It's down. Can you tell me, do I have to write it off on my taxes or can I? The reason I'm doing this uh, for you guys is this. You need to ask two and three different ways because the answer is not a favorable one. He's not ha it's not going to be, oh, yes, you can. The answer is no, you can't. And when the answer is no, you can't, you have to ask, well, then why do I have that kind of risk when I don't get the benefits, right? Because the benefits of risk is, well, at least if you have a loss, you could write it off on your taxes. 
the benefits of having money in the market over a long term is they have some real favorable things called long-term capital gains. Listen, I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not a CPA. You need to ask your CPA. Hey, listen, if I have a, a, a stock bond mutual fund in my retirement account for two years, five years, 10 years, and I made all this money, and now I sell, how am I taxed? And if the answer is ordinary income, which it will be, because that's the way it is. You say, but what if I own those same stock bond mutual funds but outside of my retirement account? Oh no, those those you get you can write off the losses. You can deduct the fees. When you pay taxes on the money, it's the lowest rate called long-term capital gains. So long-term capital gains is at a lower rate, sometimes zero tax rate for some of you. So taking the risk outside of your retirement account can give you greater reward financially speaking. Long-term capital gains, if you made money, right off the loss. If you lost money, no matter what on that journey, whatever the fees and costs are, are deductible for most people on their taxes. So then ask yourself, why do I have money in the retirement account in the market? Well, you think because you're going to be rich. Well, that might be fine if you're dollar cost average. So the one benefit, and it's a big benefit, maybe there's a couple others, but this is one big benefit to having your money in the market while you're working. You're 20, 30, 40 years old, maybe maybe 45 years old, and you're putting money in systematically. It's called dollar cost averaging. $1,000 every two weeks, $1,000 a month, $500 a month, whatever it is, man, I'm adding it. So the market is high. The market is low. I'm buying when it's low. I'm buying when it's high. Buying Right? You're, you're smoothing out the cost basis for each share. So... When it's really low, you're going to buy more shares because that's your job when you're working. When your food, shelter, clothing, when your expenses are paid for by your paycheck, then the money that's in your retirement account, that job is to accumulate more. Sol- I call them my little soldiers. Go out, get some more, bring them in. It's called interest. Prisoners of war, give me some more interest. Give me, give me, give me. And then when it comes time to sell, when it comes time to go to the grocery store and say, okay, now it's time. I need dollars. I need money. The dollars that come in used to be shares and we have to cash them in. So if I need $100 for the grocery store and the shares are $10 a share, I have to cash in 10 shares. Bye-bye. Give me the 10, uh, 10 times 10. Give me the $100 and I go to the grocery store. But if the price, if the cost of those shares goes down to $5 a share, but I still have to spend $100 at the grocery store. Now, instead of selling 10 shares and turning them into dollars, I have to sell 20 shares. So that means more money, more dollars, more shares are leaving my retirement account because risk works against you when the market goes down when you're taking money out. Dollar cost averaging is your enemy when you're withdrawing money from your retirement accounts to live on. So it's called the sequence of returns. So what you do is allow your retirement accounts while you're working and you're adding money to it, buying, 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 up, down, up, down, up, down. Fantastic. Take whatever risk you're comfortable with. That's what you're supposed to do. On the other side of it, when you're getting closer to retirement or it's an old retirement account, our job is to pick it up, move it over to safety. You want to keep adding money to your existing account, getting into the market, you do that. But meanwhile, we've protected, 
We're going to get reasonable rates of return. We're going to have zero or very low fees, if any at all. Our costs are sometimes non-existent. Oh, but wait, there's a catch. Well, two. There's a cap. You're not going to make more than about 10, 15% a year. That's the most, best case scenario. Realistically, eh, between three and six on average. Sometimes zero, sometimes two. Sometimes five, sometimes 10. But over time, we see between a three and a six or so, three to eight maybe, percent return on average. You take any 10-year period of time, that's about where it comes in. So our goal is to not hit home runs. You did that already because you dollar cost averages. You bought, bought when it's high, when it's low. You accumulated those shares. Now our job is to protect the cash. That's the difference. Okay, now I share that with you because Len and Linda, Len and Linda, that's a tongue twister, wrote an email for me or to me. That's nice. They said, hey, Arif, here it is. Dear Arif, how do I know when I have enough money for retirement? My wife and I are in our early 60s and she has a pension from Cal Sturz. I have a few retirement accounts that total just over $1 million. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. Here's our formula. How do I know when I have enough money for retirement? So that's what we have to solve for. My wife and I are in our early 60s, and she has a pension from Cal Sturz. Cal Sturz is the California State Teachers Retirement System. When I started speaking, guys, um, November, December of 96, I remember speaking to a group of financial professionals. We were probably about 100 in the room, 120. And I said, hey, guys, the California State Teachers Pension System was about $6 billion underfunded. I think that was the number pretty clear. $6 billion underfunded. That means they needed this number, and they were that number minus $6 billion with a B. Today, how much underfunded are they? Right around $250 billion. That means in the last 30 years or so, we have lost $250 Forty-four billion. <laughs> they they've overpromised. They haven't collected enough money. They've been lousy investors. I don't know what they did. Probably a little bit of everything. But because the 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 Cal Sturs teacher pension is is backstopped, right? It's supported by the taxpayers. <clears throat> I think they think well, it doesn't matter. The state has just raised taxes on somebody. Well, when you have over two thousand people a day leaving the state of California, are they the poorest? Or are they middle class and wealthiest? It's it, That's who it is. So yes, oh, people are coming in. Yes, some do. Have you seen the southern border? Do you think they are going to be huge taxpayers? Probably not in this generation. Hopefully the next. That's what America is about. I'm with you. I don't think they should be here. But, you know, I'm one person. I can stand at the border. But I, I, do, I do this. I do other things I can to help keep us as a country of laws. But meanwhile, after you stomp your foot, your mom is still going through the grocery store. You can be in aisle six. She's in aisle four. But what are you going to do? We have to plan. We have to plan. California State Teachers Retirement System is $250 billion upside down. That means, in my opinion, it will never be made whole. Never. They will have to, I don't know about file bankruptcy. I think that's a harsh term, it'll be something like that. Default, reorganization, reestablish the situation into something that is a bit, I don't know, they're going to make up some words because that's what they do. And that's, I think, ultimately 
will will hurt the teachers. Because, oh, Arab, the, the teachers now, they don't get the same benefit and they have to work longer and they have to put in more money into their retirement. Great. So in 30 years, when it's uh, $500 billion upside down, we'll finally be on the right track. Really? You think that's going to happen? Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't even bet a penny on it. That's me. So what's going to happen? Well, she's in her early 60s. I'm guessing, in fact, that they will probably make a change for her. And in really, in her case, she's young enough to where her her benefits will have to change. She's just too young. If you're in your 70s or 80s, I think the CalSTRS or even the CalPERS, which is the California Public Employee Retirement System, both of them are upside down by a quarter of a billion dollars. I think uh, both of them, or, or no, I'm totally for, yeah. I think both of them are going to have problems. They're, they're just not going to, there's just not enough. Quarter of a trillion, I said billion, didn't I? Quarter of a trillion dollars upside down. So CalSTRS, about $250 billion. CalPERS, about the same. So we have to plan for this particular client. So here's what I would do. Len and Linda, it sounds like Len is the one that's writing it. Len, this is what I would do. I want you to understand the way income works in retirement. It is not the same as the accumulation phase. In the accumulation phase, your job is to get all of those shares. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh, it's the worst economy ever. The share prices are down. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I don't need them for 15 or 25 years. All right. Now it changes. Okay, here's what he says. I have a, a few retirement accounts that total just over $1 million. I have a social security of 2800 about 2800 a month and a small pension from aerospace, about 900 a month. Our home is paid off, but we would like to buy a condo somewhere, maybe Florida. Do you think we could buy that condo? That's one question. It's another one to answer. Also, we do want to leave something for our three children, but that is not a priority. Okay, that that's pretty good. I like the details because it does give me kind of a foundation. So let me kind of go over this with you, Len. You and Linda have been saving your whole life, it sounds like, and have done pretty well. A million dollars in your retirement accounts means you sacrificed uh, over time. You didn't buy, spend, do things that a lot of other people do. Probably drove cars for a little longer than maybe your neighbor uh, and did some smart things with your money. So here's where I'm looking at. I'm, I'm okay with you buying a condo in Florida, but I do not want you to buy a condo in Florida with money from your retirement account. Because if let's say you want to buy a $300,000 condo in Pensacola or something. It's not 300,000 you got to take from your retirement account. It's going to be 500. You pull out 500, you give the government 200,000 in taxes and you get your 300 to go buy your condo. So the $300,000 condo really cost you 500,000. So keep this in mind that if the goal for you is to buy something maybe to live, let's structure this the right way. Okay, number one, I like the idea of you having a condo in Florida, especially if it can become your residence because Florida does not have any income tax. So you might stay in California, you know, part-time, six months uh, minus a day. Make sure you check with your CPA to know the rules. You have to register to vote there. You have to have your cars registered there. You have to driver's license there. You have to spend time there. It has to be your life. 
I mean, it's it, it's not a funny business game. It's legitimately. You can, of course, travel anywhere in the States. The United States is a is a country without checkpoints so far. So you can come back and forth. But expect to be audited because with the people leaving, they're not coming back. So here's what I'm expecting the Calster's pension to be. I'm going to guess just based on my experience, probably right around $5,000 a month. So you have five Calster's pension, 2800 Social Security. That's 7800 a month, $900 a month from his small pension. Yeah, that's 8700 a month. Looks like my math, 8700 a month. That's a pretty nice chunk of money to have coming in, come heck or high water, each and every month, especially without a house payment. I like that. It's not always my first uh, uh, choice to pay off your house, but if you did, that's wonderful because the money doesn't have to come in the front door to pay off the house. It's over. Now, what would I do for a condo in Florida? I would buy it and a loan. You didn't say if you had any more money saved in, so in uh, checking or savings, but I would do that. I would use checking and savings as a down payment. You probably can do a 10% down somewhere, maybe 20%, of course, check with the mortgage broker and see what works for you. But that's how I would do it. And then make Florida your country or your state of residence. Here's why. Because the $8,000 a month that comes in, you probably are going to pay something like, oh, 600 a month in in uh, income tax for the state of California. I told you this was going to be a calculator. It's going to be a little bit of a notepad. So if you're going to pay $600 a month in the state of California, it's probably more than that, but I'm, I'm giving it a benefit of the doubt. The $600 a month for the state of California means you can use that as the down pay or, or as the monthly payment, HOA, all the stuff that you would pay to, to buy a home towards that new home if that is your residence. Right. In other words, the six, seven hundred dollars a month that you would spend in taxes. But when you're no longer a resident of California, that can go towards the purchase of the new condo. Or the HOA or, or your utilities. I mean, I mean, you understand, right? We just had a client do this. He left the, the state of California, moved to Nevada. He saved eight hundred dollars a month. Somebody else moved to Franklin, Tennessee, saved nearly a thousand dollars a month. Now, all of his kids are here. He's hoping that they will move there. But if you only saw them once a month, once every couple months, you can make a trip every couple of months, come out for five days and still save your $12,000 a year minus the airline taxes or the airline fees. Right? So so I, I like it. I think you guys can do that. And Len, this is pretty important. With the priority not being to leave something to your kids, but you still would like to, here's what you do. The condo in Florida and the house in Southern California, both of those are real estate. You check with your tax preparer, your CPA, but when you pass or, or your estate planning attorney, when you pass away, those, those assets go to your kids uh, tax-free. You get a step-up in basis. Even though the home is paid off, maybe maybe you paid a lot less for it by the time you pass away and it's worth a lot more. Wonderful. Guess what? And no income tax to the kids. Make sure you have a living trust. I'm a certified estate planner. 
I recommend you have a, a, a revocable living trust. You meet with your tax preparer. Meet with your estate planning attorney. We can be with you if you want. We do that for our clients. There's no cost. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. If you ever want us to, to go with you, you want to become a client, maybe we can help you. And here's the last thing that we do. Is you make sure that you ladder your income. So the million dollars in income, I would spread it in probably two, maybe three different places, depending on some other questions that we have to answer. Meaning I'd have some income begin right now if you needed to live on. Listen, you're the youngest and healthiest you're ever going to be, most likely. So because you're the youngest and healthiest you're ever going to be, I want you to be able to enjoy life now. So maybe I would take half a million, start laddering in income, a little bit more and a little bit more every few years. And you've done well, Len. You guys should be proud. If I can help you guys, give me a call. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. Thanks for being with me. Have a great day. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif.